did me that song and I have got to give him a round of applause because it makes me giggle every time I start the show and I tell you what it just makes makes me start off with a little boom in the air with a big smile and a big massive grin and no bigger grin than the one with the lovely Howard Einstein. Hi Howard how are you doing? Good morning good afternoon and good evening to everyone out there how are you my friend? I'm very good how's your week been? Well, the week has been interesting, you know, after recovering from your amazing show on Saturday. And uh, I'm I, sorry, I must uh, salute the fact of the brilliant show. It was very good. I enjoyed every minute of it. If you say so well, yourself. Two shows in one. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, I heard a rumor that you had a little announcement to make before I do my little rant. Is that true? Oh, well, I have got a little announcement. You're having a little announcement. That's what I heard. And is the announcement yes, well, the announcement's going to be heard, everybody... heard around the world? Huh? It's going to be heard around the oh, world. Oh, yes. This is definitely for one for around the world. I have just got to say, um, firstly, um, the Ask Sue show is definitely getting bigger. Um, firstly, we need to, I just mean, I've just been told some very good news by Howard, right, who firstly told me, that the Ask Sue show, not literally, but, you know, got a little mention in the NewJersey.com paper, firstly. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't much proud, but apparently saying that um, Mike Fitzgerald, um, no, Mike Fitzpatrick, why I keep saying Fitzgerald, I don't know. But anyway, Fitzpatrick from Bloomfield uh, was on a talk show on an internet radio show. And, of course, it was us. <laughs> oh, I'm very proud about that. So I've got myself across the world in the paper, so that's really good. And then, obviously, with us getting loads bigger and we're getting further and further around the world with different avenues coming up, um, I would like to announce that we've had to take on another person for our admin. As everybody knows, we've got that very crazy but very busy Debs McCook-Smith, who actually is working very, very hard in the background, um, sorting out any issues that we have, and is literally, oh, she's just fantastic. So massive hugs to Debs. And then I'd like to announce we've had to take on a lovely angel um, from Australia. She has been absolutely fantastic in sharing all of our things all over the world, literally, and is saying to me, Sue, can you get people to add me so I can share these things even further? And, of course, I am talking about the beautiful and wonderful Nicole Scott, who has been an absolute breath of fresh air to both myself and to Howard, who has got loads of things going on in her own life, but is still sharing our things. 
So for those people that say to me they haven't got time or they've got their own issues, I hate to tell you, but there's people worse off than yourselves, and people are still sharing it. So we have got a lovely little sharer, reporter, and new admin joining the Ask Sue show, and that's Nicole Scott, all the way from Australia. So we're now going to the U.S., to Australia, and to the U.K., just within our admin and our people that come on the show. So I'm absolutely chuffed a bit. So wow. well done and welcome to Nicole Scott. Yes, welcome, Nicole. <laughs> You're part of the official Sue family. That's wonderful, Sue. She's really... And, oh, and it's I heard... fantastic. And, and I must just say, I rang her today, didn't I, Howard? I did tell you. And yeah. she was so chuffed. It was like, oh, Sue. And then I said, oh, what time is it with you? And she went, oh, it's one in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and she was still up and she was still speaking as if it was nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> um, well, you know, you know what the good thing is? While we're asleep, she's watching all the pages. She's like a little investigator. So, um, so oh, I... she's fantastic. And Debs is brilliant. She's like a little um, the same. She's always looking into everything and checking out everything for me. So it's been absolutely fantastic. So Absolutely, absolutely. See, and even you're starting off with my word, because I always say absolutely to everything. You see, it's, it's, now it's rub off on me. Between brilliant and absolutely, I just can't think of any other words. Oh, I'll tell you. I even, so, called, my wife, uh, and, I even called my wife brilliant last night. <laughs> we won't ask why. Not saying any words, nothing, no comment, no comment. <laughs> oh, boy. Now, talking about... Um, pants and everything, uh, before you start in your rant, I've got a funny feeling we might have John on the line here somewhere. So while you're doing your little um, telling us all about everything else, I'll just go and check the phone line and see who's on hold. Okay. Okay. Okay, my okay, friend. Okay, please do too. Okay. Well, I wanted to read a short statement first, everybody, and I, I wrote this for our dear Sue. Sue is simply the best. She cares and has passion. She does lots of causes on her show. She encourages people and lets people express their opinions on any subject. She does not go around slanting people. She is kind-hearted and caring. This is why we all love Sue. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart, and I, I, I think that most of you will agree that we absolutely love Sue. So, Can I just say I was going to pop off, but I heard that part, and thank you. <laughs> oh, you did hear it? Took me yes, of course out. I heard it. Thank took you. Me all, took me all night to write it, you know. Anyway, Sue, oh, are we ready are we ready for the Yes, second? I'll go and sort out who's on hold, and I'll come back to you. We'll be a minute. Okay. Well, I'm going to wait till you come back for the big for the big award then. So I hope everyone's doing well. Um, I did get a Patrick update. He's doing wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I know someone that um, saw someone that um, knows him, and they said he's just being spoiled to death and healthy. And um, I heard that John John is doing absolutely wonderful. I heard Zena Zena is doing wonderful, and I know. Um, our dear friend Tammy Hernandez has been very involved with Zena, so I want to thank her for everything you know she's done there. So, um, and actually, Tammy Hernandez is one of our superstars. She's she's all over the place every day, and she doesn't get a lot of rest herself. I heard I heard she's up all night posting and cross posting. So we appreciate that, Tammy. And uh, just to everyone out there, and I want to thank everyone so, for supporting my senior event. Um, we did top a thousand supporters, and uh, people have been bringing. Um, food to the shelters for them, and um, I believe we've had three rescues already, and I believe we've had over 500 pounds of food donated, so I really appreciate everyone supporting my event, and uh, it's just a great thing because the seniors, you know, when you go to the shelter, they're at the end of the shelter, and um, 
they're not given due to the budget cuts they're not they're, and donations they haven't they're not given the right food um seniors should be on senior food like my rosie is and uh unfortunately they can get you know they can get very sick from the food so you know i truly appreciate everyone uh you know everyone donating to that cause it's very near and dear to my heart and um i know i know a lot of us have seniors so it's um it's just a wonderful wonderful thing and i'm trying to think what else uh what else is going on out there um, I did have a um I have spoken to the captain and uh he wants to thank everyone for their support of course for supporting all the animals it's appreciated every day and um you know as I you know as I say in my events we're just all one big team and we all do different things and uh, some of us cross post some of us go rescue some of us you know like the captain said even if you go to the shelter and um and take a picture and and put it on you know, and put it on a site. It's great because, uh, you know, without all of us, without all of us, the animals have no chance. And uh, it's just, you know, we're one big family, and um, everyone, everyone is making a difference. And anyone that doesn't think so, you're very wrong because everyone, everyone, all of us are passionate. It's in our hearts, and uh, we all care very much. So I want to thank everyone again for supporting the events. And it's just it's it, and it's and of course thanking Sue for letting me come on every Tuesday and you know for having having all of us on and just um, and just spreading the awareness so just a wonderful thing. Sue, are you back yet? No, I guess she's not back I, yet. Well, are you back, Sue? <laughs> <laughs> you're letting me babble. Yeah. Do you know what you'll laugh? I'm having a good night already. I've already confused one listener, one caller with somebody else already. So we're doing quite well. It's going so to be we, one of them nights tonight. I can feel it in my bones. A, are we ready for the Ask Sue Hall of Fame Award? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And and can I just say um, yes? And I think it. the person who's getting it is probably is called in already because I told them to, but they don't know what's going on. Now, yes. this, per, this person they, was they actually... They are on, I can, I can tell you. Okay, this person was actually nominated by Nicole. So uh, how do I start? This person is... I can't say enough about her. She's just loved and respected by all of us. She has six dogs, married 24 years, three children, three grandkids, several fur grandbabies, and she does it all. She volunteers at the shelter. Um, I actually met her through the Go Green events. She has a couple of wonderful pages on Facebook, and she works, works away. She doesn't let anything get her down. Um... And unfortunately, she just lost her little Tammy Sue. Tammy Sue had to go to the bridge. So we all, our, our prayers are with her. And I couldn't be more delighted to announce the award goes to my good friend and part of the family, Miss Sally Cash. Oh, my God. <laughs> and a round of applause for Sally oh from the Ask Sue show. Oh, my God. I'm going to cry. Speech, speech. <laughs> Devastated me. She was happy and healthy, and we started heartworm treatment. 
last Monday and Tuesday, and then she just went down on me Friday. I did dog CPR. I did everything I could to save her, but there was no no bringing her back. Um, so I, this really made my day because I have been really down all weekend since I lost her. Cause I try so hard to save them and rescue them, and then to have one, you know, leave like that, when I thought I was helping her, it really, really tore me up. But I know she's in a better place, and there had to be. the vet. I talked to a veterinarian, and they said there had to be something underlying that we didn't know about or that she really wasn't as strong as we thought she was for the medicine. So, But we loved her as long as we had her. She was happy and loved. So but like Sally, I told you, Tammy Sue, fa- Tammy Sue found you, and, and whenever time she was with you, we gave her a lot of pleasure, so that's... You know, that's all that counts. Yeah. It, was, it was just meant for you to take her in for those couple of months. So, um, you know, yeah. but I want to I want to congratulate you on your award. And no. um, listen, you better tell you you better tell Floyd tonight that you won this award, and he is not to steal your cereal. <laughs> <laughs> He's never gonna live that down. <laughs> Can I just He's say that everybody in this? Sorry, Sally. If, I just want to say that everybody in the chat room is actually sending their love to you as well. I'm sure you're in the chat room seeing, but they are saying that they're sorry for about the loss of Tammy. But at the end of the day, this just goes to prove that about the fact that we, you know, even the seniors can give so much love at the end of the day. And even if it's a, for a few months, a few weeks, it's all making a difference. And it's people like you, Sally, that we absolutely love in the Ask Sue Show because you're just what we are trying to prove and what we need on the Ask Sue Show. Oh, thank you. I, I, I would take every one of them in if I could. I mean, I, I really, really would. I've got – we have another one that's kind of got my heart that – Happened about three miles from my house. A boxer, which Tammy Sue was a boxer. Um, it was a male boxer named, he's now named Chance. Someone drug him by their car, tortured him. Mm-hmm. He's going to have several, several surgeries. The shelter I, I rest, um, volunteered for has took him into their care. He's already had one surgery. It looks like someone put diesel fuel on him and tried to burn him. Mm-hmm. I'm, it just tore my heart out because it was so close to my home, too. And that's another reason why I do what I do. I'm so I'm so passionate about these animals and what people are doing to them today, because it can happen to children as well as the animals, and it it, it goes hand in hand. It does. You, you, you know, and I, I try and get get them all homes. I try to get them all out of the youth shelters into the no kills. I mean, everything, and, and I I try every day. I, there's not a day to doesn't go by that I'm not thinking of what can I do for this to do, you know, how do I do more? And I just kind of got set back a little this weekend with Tammy, but um, I'm better today, and I'm I'm back. So I got I to gotta go save some more. Well, congratulations, Sally. You deserve the award, my friend. Oh, thank you. Um, I appreciate it greatly. Nicole, you know, I love you. <laughs> She's a star. You both are. Oh, she's she's a sweetheart. Now I'm gonna cry again. So, <laughs> so, so folks, everyone listening, in, in honor of Sally's award, I would appreciate if you even go to the shelter and drop off a little donation for a senior. 
You can give up the pack of cigarettes for the week. You can give up the coffee drink, and it would be greatly appreciated. So in honor of Sally and in memory of Tammy, if you can go out there and just make – and, guys, no donation is too small. Even if it's a used blanket, whatever, just make sure it's green or blue. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Our shelter has in shelter right now 95 cats and kittens, more – over a, they actually have total over a hundred, but some are in foster care. But wow. in the building itself, there's 95. I'm not sure now how many dogs that we have. We're at capacity, maybe even a little over capacity. Hmm. Dogs, and we keep getting them. Oh, and it's, it's, they need shelters need all your help. Every little bit. I you don't think that it's much. It is. That's right. Anything, yeah. anything, anything. Buy a bag exactly. of pa- paper towels. You'd be surprised. Any cleaning supplies. Ours needs paper towels, bleach, laundry detergent because they wash all the bedding. They use dish liquid because they wash the dog bowls and water bowls. They need all kinds of supplies to keep these animals healthy and cared for. That's so right. it's not, no, no amount is too small. Great. Well, thank you, Miss Sally. Oh, thank you, Howard. Thank you, Sue. And I just, love um, Nicole has just sent me a message on Facebook to say loves to Sally. Okay. Aww. <laughs> Aww. All the way from Australia. How cool is that? So, Sue, are we ready? Are we ready for the man who's jumping off the bed? <laughs> we are indeed. Even if I did just confuse him with somebody else, bless. I mean, I'm going to have to ask them if they're up for the calendar in a minute. But uh, yes, hi, John. How are you doing, my darling? Oh, this is Jan. Hold on, man. Have I got the wrong I'm one again? I'm just joking. <laughs> John. <laughs> I should have recognised the pants. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love them. <laughs> how are you, my darling? I am just fine. How are you doing? I'm doing very well indeed. Thank you very much. How are you doing, John? I'm good, Howard. How are you feeling? Long time no speak to, so, you know, it's been a while. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All good, day. Hmm? Um, I, I don't really know where to start tonight. I've got so much one to say. I feel like I almost want to do a rant. So we'll just start by... Um, what did everybody think of uh, Saturday's show? Oh, which right. one? <laughs> <laughs> my opinions, my opinions differ it. greatly between the two. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can imagine. It, it was fun to say, I got so much rubbish on the um, chat. It was hilarious. They were all going, so, will you, will you let, just let, why aren't you talking? And I'm thinking, uh, there's a time to talk and there's a time to shut up and listen. And this was the time to shut up and listen. <laughs> I think I did quite well because I didn't even rant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was very difficult to shovel that fast, so. I think hip waders were needed with Mike, with the Fitzgerald guy last week. I think, you know, I think there was a lot of it you had to, yeah, there was a lot of stuff to wade through with him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I don't know. That guy just, he has, uh. Hey, but you do have to thank him for his honesty. He did get his name right. <laughs> 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 well, what, 
Unlike me. Sue, <laughs> Sue, one thing though, you you definitely gave him the opportunity to talk, and he certainly did. And and um, you know, I don't see anyone else who's who, you know, any other show that he's gone on. So. At least, you know, yeah. at least you didn't cut him off. I know you gave him an extra 45 minutes, so he certainly he certainly got to say what he had to say. The, the, the thing is, I purposely wanted the, him to have the extra time. And the thing is, I also knew that, obviously, Jeff could come on to the next show, and, and Jeff's been on the show, and we've heard Jeff's side. So I wanted to literally um, get on him on and literally hear his side of it. But also, I, um, the best quote out of all of that show is, um, it was when he said... Oh, I um, something about the fact that I twisted it. Mm-hmm. What part did I twist anything? All I did was literally asked him a question at the beginning of the show, asked him a question at the end of the show, and he sort of contradicted what he said. I don't see that as twisting. I just see that as finding the truth. Mm-hmm. The only person that actually twisted anything was Fitzpatrick himself. When you mm-hmm. asked, when you were asking him about Memphis being allowed in the office with the shelter manager off leash with the door closed and asking him why wasn't that a dangerous situation. He tried to make that into, later on, you actually saying that it was a dangerous situation, when in fact you were simply asking why aren't you consistent about Memphis. He's perfectly fine to be okay in the office with you people, but then he's not allowed to be around the people that Jeff decides. Exactly. We were trying to point out an inconsistency, and he decided to take it and twist it to make believe that you were concerned for the manager when Memphis was in the room, when that was not what you were saying. (laughs) Good point. Now, John? I I thought, to be (laughs) fair, I did come off of of, uh, the show, and I sort of sat there for a minute, and I just had a couple of words to say, and that was (laughs) kitching. Now, John, I want to get this straight. He said he said they, that that Memphis came from Newark, where there were drug dealers. Can you clarify that exact statement? I know it was something to that effect. I don't remember the exact wording he used, but he did say that the dog was found on the streets of Bloomfield, that Newark is the city right next door. Okay. And somehow that translates, in his mind, into Memphis being a security dog for a drug den in Newark. Mm, and mm. And... First, he has to be clairvoyant to know that, um, and to guess that he has to be a bigot. Not every house in Newark mm-hmm. is a drug den. Not every dog in Newark is a do- drug den's dog. Mm-hmm. And not every pit bull is involved with drug dens. So for him right? to be, yeah. so for him all this time to have been saying BSL has nothing to do with what's happening to Memphis, that it has nothing to do with him being a pit bull, that's ridiculous because he just showed that because it's a pit bull near Newark, it's a drug den dog. But but also, but also, sorry, Howard, but we're also saying, um, let's face it, we've, you know, you guys have already started up an event about this Kelly girl that started slating pit bulls. Um, At the end of the day, he's actually running a shelter and he's surmising what a dog is just simply by where he's picked up from. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what? Sorry, that to me is on the same lines exactly as what Kelly has been saying. At the end of the day, it's totally wrong. You can't just put think, put judge a, a dog by what he looks like or where he's come from. That's no, that's just racism of a dog. Yeah, what kind of proof? Exactly. Does, oh yeah. What kind of proof does he have to back up this statement? That's a pretty heavy accusation. Oh, oh no, he had the good. No, hold on a minute, Howard. Let's get it faced. Bit of sarcasm here. He okay. had the. Um, pouches of drugs under his armpit. Didn't you know that bit? Oh, 
Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry I'm, I'm being sorry. sarcastic. I'm sorry. I know. Yeah, I, know. I, think, oh. I had suggested earlier that perhaps Memphis was carrying a copy of his resume with him when he was caught. <laughs> he had a... He, see, that's, that's what I, I hate, too, is, is why I was saying about Memphis as it being the BSL, too, because of where he came, you know, when he, you know if he came from a certain place... That happened to my dog, to my rescue, Petey and Evie. Petey, we took them to get trained, and I said, oh, they were from this area. Okay, we got them at seven weeks old, like they were doing anything with anybody in the drug field. And, you know, well, they're just going to be, they're going to be just fighting dogs because it's bred into them because that's where they're from. Bull. Well, yeah, well, I, you know, well, his, you know, part of his evidence could be that, you know, Patrick was actually a Newark dog as well, and we all know how, what a ferocious monster he is. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Can I? Sorry, can I just interrupt? Let me fetch Joe on to the line as well, because I'm sure Joe wants to definitely add on to this. I'm sure it's Joe. Is it Joe on? Hi. Hey guys. How you doing, How Joe? How you doing, love? You all right? Oh, well, <laughs> I'm hanging in here. How is everybody else? Doing? How you doing, Joe? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm hanging in here. I'm still getting over the flu a little bit. Um, oh, okay. And I, I did want to pass mention- it on. I don't need it. Thanks. <laughs> I, I don't think I can reach that kind of distance. Um, I, I did want to let you guys know that something that actually happened to my wife and I uh, last week on a, a last Monday, um, I have been pretty uh, uh, vocally supporting Memphis down at town hall and the board of health meetings. And last Monday, my wife had licensed both of our dogs with the town and they're licensed to June of 2013. I actually got two summonses in the mail for both my dogs. Oh, boy. I called the house apartment. I couldn't get an explanation as to how it happened, who ordered it, and they won't show me the supporting paperwork going with the summons. Oh, boy. Sorry, in, in, coming from the UK, what does all that in English mean? Um, so so why, why, in what sense? So, so they just I, send I you a letter and just... No, it's a ticket, and it's a court appearance. And, and no, for what? Been, for my dogs not being licensed, even though they're licensed to June of next year. But That's Joe, don't ridiculous. don't they have don't they have records of this? Yes, and I. That's why I wanted to see the copy of the report that went with the summons. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I couldn't get that. I actually had to call one of my councilmen to get him to follow up for me because I can't get answers. And it's not, I, they did send me a photocopy of the dismissal, not even the hard copy of it, so I'm not even sure if it's dismissed yet. Mm-hmm. Oh, Josh. So, Joe, when you go to these meetings in Bloomfield, do you, you stand up, give your name and address, or no? Yeah. You, get, you, know, you have to. It's part, it's part of the public meeting process. If you're in a public meeting and you're going to uh, say something, they have uh-huh. to be a matter of public record. Mm-hmm. So you have to give your name and your address and then yeah. your public statement because it gets recorded. And, and how long have you had these? How long have you had these angels for? Uh, Wilbur, I adopted from the Bloomfield Shelter probably about six years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and Holly, I actually adopted from Jeff about two years ago. Oh, and all of a sudden you get in this paperwork. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. But I can't mm-hmm. get a copy of why it was filed. And the other thing is, as far as I know, you can have a complaining witness, but an officer is supposed to give you the ticket, same as you got a parking violation. Mm-hmm. Same thing. You could have a complaining witness, but an officer has to give it, which would be an ACO, an animal control officer, mm-hmm. who did not sign it. And I looked on the township's health 
they're on their own website it says that animal control officers are in charge of dog life. Hmm. Hmm. So I can't. I, I oh, haven't gotten this. So where do you stand as of now with this whole situation? I'm waiting to get not a photocopy, but an actual hard copy. Actual hard copy. So I know my wife doesn't have to go to court, and I'm waiting for an answer as to why it happened, who ordered it, and where's the paperwork to support it. Unbelievable. This well, is just... let, sorry, being realistic then, so if you go to court, and, and obviously you've got license and you can prove that you've already paid for it, you're all up to date and everything... Surely that would be good for you because they you're just going to make a total laughing stock of them. True, true but at, at this point I I I I need to get the dismissal but I also want to know how it happened, who issued it and what what what's in that file that supports the ticket. Did they take my license and scratch the date off and stick it on there? What's in that file? Hmm. It's all, do you know what though? This is the trouble, isn't it? It's damn well worrying. It's exactly the same in the UK. They, these dog wardens are literally walking down the road or in their van, and they will see a pit bull type or whatever, and they will literally take it off the people on the street. That's bad. Hmm. 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 I mean, it, it actually showed it, and I will put a link on to our Sue show after. It was on the one show, and they actually showed this woman who was go- it was a dog warden, whatever, and she was going down the road. She saw this man walking her, his dog... And I'm not being funny. Realistically, this guy, I'm not going to say an age because I'm not very good at ages, and if he's listening, he could, like, want to have a word with me later. But he was walking out, and I'm thinking, what if she did, they did this to an 80-year-old woman who her dog is her life, she's walking down the road with her dog that's, you know, just mind her own business, and all of a sudden these people jump out the van to then say, sorry, we've got to take the dog of you. These people could have a heart attack. It's, uh, yeah. you know what I mean, I just think it's absolute ludicrous. It, the world's gone mad. I, I can't yeah, say mad. for the rest of the world. My concern is with the township because I recently found out I'm not the only person with a licensed dog who has spoken out that's gotten a summons. I've been trying to encourage the other individual who's gotten one to come forward and make it public and talk about it. That's two that have spoken down in town hall for Memphis that have gotten So this is all since Memphis has happened? Yeah. Hmm. Right. Let's, so, we should get to the meat and the potatoes too. I like, forget about my situation. Mm. Unbelievable. I tell you what, if anybody's listening to the show tonight and they've had the same situation happen to them that you've had the same as what Joe's had, please send me an email, ask Show at gmail dot com. That's ask Show at gmail dot com. If this is a case that we've got quite a few people the same, I have not got a problem in doing a show literally specifically for that because like Beth's just put in the chat room scare tactics so Joe they're not going good. out yeah so they're going out <laughs> on top of this not only not only bothering you folks but they're going out and wasting more money yes you well, could look at it that way I mean you, you could look at it that way I, I, I don't know if they're going after specific because the thing is when you're getting some Memphis you get a couple of different arguments. You get a very calm, reasonable argument, and then you get uh-huh. a very impassioned argument. Okay. Mm. You know, there's 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 many of different types of people that are in support of this, and you have tons of different personalities who who speak out in support of it. Mm-hmm. And I I think that when you do talk about it, if you're reasonable and you have some sort of backup information or paperwork in your hand, I think it does more to help than 
being as impassioned, but I have a feeling that they're getting trying to get those particular people to shut up and stop bringing paperwork now. I mean, you certainly sound like a man of reason, and I, from what I can talking to you yesterday, you sound like you know what you're talking about. I'm sure you had backup stuff, so that's kind of that's a little mind-boggling. It, it, it is what it is, but let's let's really talk about this meat and potato situations with Memphis, because the more you dig into it, the more it stinks. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, um, obviously, there's loads of documentation going about as far as the Memphis, um, and John and Joe, you've both been um, discussing with me about this, because um, obviously I'm in the UK, and, and I need some reporters over from the US to be able to tell me what's exactly behind the scenes going on. So do either of you want to start with what anything that you can update us on, what we've, we need to be doing? And Because my, my thought in thinking after what I've read, what I've seen, what I've heard, and to be uh, um, Mike Fitzpatrick's story, and I'll say story with a capital S, at the end of the day, all of that entwined, I feel like there is a big, massive story around the whole Bloomfield situation. And I'm not just talking about Memphis. I'm talking about these volunteers. I'm talking about, the, you know, that want to stand up. You know, we're saying about also about Joe, about your dog's been having this thing with the license now. There seems to be loads of little loopholes that seem to be disappearing here. Um, and I've obviously spoken to a few people who say that Mike Fitzgerald, Fitzpatrick actually um, lied to me on the show because what he said, Jim Cosby, had said was actually not quite true either. Uh, right? I guess I guess I could pick up that bandwagon because I was actually present at the evaluation. Um, I would have to agree with that statement. Um, I'm actually hoping that somebody would have Mr. Crosby's number because I think at this point, uh, if he could possibly send a letter down to the township and clarify his evaluation, because I, I must have sat during through a completely different evaluation than Mr. Fitzpatrick did, because I, I, did not, I did not see that. I mean, I've also seen a petition that was submitted to the town council on September 20th from the health official, and if, I mean, if I can read a piece of this here, um, what part of this petition that they were circulating around, it says Memphis is currently is not adoptable and can cause serious harm if triggered and not properly managed. The safest course for Memphis is to be placed with professionals who can work with him in a contained environment where he does not pose a risk to the community. Um, next paragraph. People are petitioning the town, distributing safe Memphis signs. This group fully supports Memphis being placed in our community and refuses to accept the professional findings that Memphis is aggressive, unpredictable, and unadoptable at this time. Hmm. I have a huge problem with this because this was not the evaluation that I sat through. I saw Memphis needs training. I will not dispute that. He had two specific areas where he needed training. He, uh, he was walked past um, the dog cage areas, and he did react to two of the dogs. But... Mr. Crosby walked him through a second time with treats and was able to redirect him with a soft correction, and he completely ignored the other dogs. And that was just the first time doing it. Yeah. Oh, so um, that, and that's, that's exactly what Jeff said. It, Jeff actually said on the show, he said, you know, at the end of the day with Memphis, you've only got to show him a treat and he's jumping through hoops for you. Do you know what I mean? You've literally, you know, the training's there and available. It's just give it the chance to do it. Right, and I call into question the petition because if the health department wants the best outcome for the dog, 
why are you going around with a petition telling the community he's dangerous, he's going to kill somebody, he's going to do this, he's going to do that? That's not helping the dog. That does the exact opposite. Yeah. Joe, didn't, didn't because I, I talked about it with you, didn't he say something, Jim Crosby said something to the effect that Memphis was a soft and gentle dog? Uh, as far as I know from what I, I have taken the time to read Jim's blog, um, uh-huh. I, 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 I do remember while I was at the eval, he said, compared to other dogs he works with, Memphis is a bunny. Okay. Okay. And I, I as far okay. as my, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but as far as my understanding goes, Jim goes in and deals with very serious cases of a dog that was involved in a human fatality mm-hmm. and goes and evaluates those dogs. Yeah. You know, so that 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 kind of expertise and and the kind of credentials he had, I, I had paid attention as much as possible and was taking notes because mm-hmm. I don't know anybody else that does what Jim does. Yeah. I yeah, exactly. Well, uh, if anybody ha- um, has got Jim's number, or if Jim by chance listens to the show, uh, I, you know, I will love to have him on the show. I think it's about time that we got the truth on the show. Because if there's one thing I do hate is being lied to. At the end of the day, I gave him a chance to tell him the truth and the, the, the proper side of other side of the story, not a lie. And at the end of the day, one thing I do hate is people that will lie to me. I can deal with the truth. And, you know, at the end of the day, all of us do wrong things. None of us can be perfect. And if they've made a mistake and they stand up and say, actually, we've done it wrong, I know that's fair enough. But I, I can't be doing with this lying, and that's just wrong, totally, totally wrong. There's a lot of people that have been affected by it, and it, it, he was just literally chucking anything out that he could, even down to the fact that these seven dogs are in the kennels waiting to be rehomed. Do you know what I mean? Everything was chucked, so it's just well, wrong. I, I, I think the other important thing with that, I don't think it's fair to involve Jim in the political situation. I don't think that's fair. I think no, want, no. I would just love to hear. Yeah. I, I would just love to hear his personal thoughts and everything, and us to ask questions about how he felt about Memphis. No, I don't want him to say whose side he's on or anything else or what he agrees with or doesn't agree with. Just his professional point. Yeah, Sue. Okay. Sue, didn't Debs originally get him on when he was on like two months ago? I believe, or am I wrong? I actually uh, no, Debs. I don't think Deb's dealt with it, but I literally, I've spoken to Jim once before, um, uh-huh. and I, I will actually put the link to the show of once before, and he was fantastic. He just answers any questions, and he's very, very qualified. I mean, I would say probably one of the top easily in the world, because he's just fantastic. He's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And like you said, Joe, he's done a lot of things um, for dogs that have literally done things that Memphis probably wouldn't have even dreamt about. Do you know what I mean? So... Just mad. But, yeah, that's, I mean, there's quite a few people I've got on a list that I want to get on the show that I'm hoping will definitely make a difference in this Memphis story. But I think there's a lot of stories connected around it as well. I, I think the other important thing to talk about, and you guys probably have more experience with this than I do, but normally when you adopt a dog from the shelter, you accept the fact that he's going to need some type of training, possibly some type of rehab. He was in the shelter for who knows how many months. You know, and that's not a good mindset for a place for a dog to be. When you bring him home, you just training. I mean, when I, I've adopted dogs my whole life. You bring a dog home, you accept the responsibility. He's coming home with me. I have to walk him. I have to feed him. I have to train him. Yeah. You know, it seems like common sense to me. And I don't know, compared to other dogs that have been adopted, where does Memphis actually fit? Yeah. 
Yeah. Sorry. Joe, can I just ask you, you were at the um, at the thing with Jim Cosby. Can you tell me exactly what these trigger points that they keep telling us about and also what Memphis has actually done for them to warrant him to be dangerous? Okay. Um, keep in mind, I'm not a behaviorist. I, I just, I've just i been doing research for this for three months. When, I, when Jim showed, if you, if you guys can watch the video, I, I think it was publicly taped. I, I can't remember. Um, the first trigger was, um, as far as I remember, when somebody walked into the room and had direct eye contact with him and held it, he had a reaction to that. I don't know. The thing into question is I don't know who that person was, and I don't know if it was a shelter employee because then that brings in the question, was this the employee that allegedly mishandled him? Because then that's a whole other story. But whoever it was, he had an issue there. And he had a reaction. So that, from what my understanding is, when you lock eyes with a dog, you're challenging the dog. Mm-hmm. And Memphis did react to that. Um, yeah. The other reaction that he had, uh, they had a woman come in. Again, couldn't tell who it was. I don't know if Memphis had had any previous interaction with this person or not, um, who looked at him and then ran away yelling and screaming out of the room. And he, he did react to that. He didn't growl. He didn't um, go to nip, but he did move forward with the lunch. So I don't, I don't know. As I, like I said, I'm a behavior, behaviorist. I can't read that reaction. I only can tell you what I witnessed. And then the third yeah. was, the, was the the issue with the dogs in the cages. That little bit of dog aggression. But um, I do remember very clearly, Mr. Crosby said he's not adoptable now to the average home. He needs training. He was asked a bunch of questions. Um, he even said, if I could take Memphis home, if my wife would let me, I would. Um, and I seem to get a very positive feeling from that, that the dog can be trained. You know, and he, I do remember he distinctly said he's not a candidate for sanctuary. But I thought Mike Fitzpatrick on Saturday said he is at a sanctuary. Well, then he's not listening to the behaviorist there. John, John, are you there? Yes. Didn't he say that he was at a sanctuary? Yes, he said he said the sanctuary, not a sanctuary. Okay, so just so, to me, okay. the one that they've been talking about all along in New York. Okay, so he is at a sanctuary then. Oh. John, can I ask you a question? If you hire a behaviorist, the behaviorist says, well, he's not a candidate for there, why would you send him there? Yeah, I would, I would not. But, you know, we're not dealing with people that are... Uh, we have we were dealing with people who have ulterior motives and are actually in this for Memphis. Oh, again, this is my concern, not just for Memphis. I, my a whole other issue. They happen to have a woman who's a kennel attendant, not the shelter manager, who's acting like a shelter manager and quote unquote she's got behavioral experience to, to eval these dogs. I've heard that some of them on Pet Finder they're they're red listed or whatever. And if she doesn't have the experience and she's the one that caused the evaluations for Memphis in the first place because of something she thinks she saw, then the whole thing comes into question because perhaps that first thing that she saw wasn't exactly what happened. Hmm. Well, we also have reports coming from others who have said that she herself, the shelter manager, has a great fear of pit bulls. And this is why most of the pit bulls that they have there have not been adopted, and that's because she has stated no cats, 
no kids, no this, no that for all of them without them even having evaluations. Oh, right. basically well, made, she's basically made them unadoptable. Oh, my God. Right. And that would actually make sense to what he actually said, and his words were, I have got seven dogs in here at the moment that nobody has even looked at, and they're still sat here, and all you lot are sharing links about Memphis, but these dogs still aren't getting rehomed. Well, the yep. reason being is because you've got a staff member who's actually putting them off. And yeah, Jeff's offered to take them already, and I believe he has places for them, he said. I'm, pr- I'm 90% sure on that. Yeah, he's already found places yeah. for, I think, six of the seven. Correct, six of the seven, correct. Right, but when, when we talk, well, let's be specific. She's, her title is kennel attendant supervisor. She is not a shelter manager. Okay, so, no, why is she so all the way, sorry, can I just interrupt? Is this the one that he was saying to me that was actually, um, how can I put this without being a bitch? Um, I can't even say training, because I can't call it that, looking after Memphis in the office while she was working. Yes, I believe so, yes. (laughs) So let me just put this in, just so in case anybody didn't hear the show last Saturday, Mike Fitzpatrick actually said to me that a off, um, this lady was in the office, she was training Memphis in an office situation, he was off the lead, while she was doing bits and pieces, and I questioned him on the fact that if Memphis is as dangerous as what they are saying, isn't that putting one of the staff members in a very difficult situation, whereas if she got up, forgot, the, you know, about the fact that he was classed as dangerous, and she moved her chair back suddenly or chucked a ball, you know, rolled a piece of paper up and chucked it in the bin, would that be a trigger point of his because she does not know him well enough but now I'm being told on, on now that this lady actually is sure to be a kennel attendant, not actually a trainer in any way. Huh. So the situation she, that they put Memphis in, this dangerous dog, as they keep implying, is that they put an ordinary person, not a trainer, in an office with Memphis while she did her paperwork. Oh, my God. A question I have for John, and I think might clear some of this up. I mean, you can have behavioral certificates, but if you don't have experience in a shelter and know how dogs act in a shelter, how does that affect your view of the dog at the shelter? Hmm. If, you're just, if you just have behavior classes and this stuff and you don't have shelter experience, how do you view that dog in the shelter? Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of like being a gun expert because you read a lot of books on guns. No, that's true, but but another good analogy is you could be a psychiatrist, be a marriage and family counselor, and then they send you to a prison dealing with murderers. I think it's a little different. Correct? Sure. Yeah. You know the point I'm making? It's, you know, throwing someone into a situation. It's, you know, a little different being a marriage and family counselor and sending someone into a, you know, a prison to uh, to talk to these, you know, hardened criminals, I think, you know. So, hmm. mm-hmm. John, okay, Connor, you could... the, how long has the shelter been there for you know? Oh, years. Yeah, you know, a long time. Long, long time. time. And have they always had these issues with Bloomfield, or is it just literally now? From the is it since a certain person has come into it, or? This is going back a long time. From what I have been told and what I have spoken to many people, the shelter at one time was privately run not really that well. The town took it over and brought it back. You know, they cleaned it up. They they ran it. Um, you had a period of years where it was running well, and then 
I guess, the real problems of the past two years, from what I keep hearing, because, I mean, they uh, in March of this year, I, or February, they kicked all the volunteers out, one, one or the other. And the, the, the issue you have with that, I mean, if you read the petition that went out from the health department was submitted to the town council, they're painting all these people, including me, because I've spoken for Memphis, as crazy activists. So not we're, we're not normal, we're crazy, you can't listen to us, you know, we're, we're not credible, yada, yada, yada. And even when I filed my Oprah, when I asked for the dog records, on my Oprah response it said they can't find the paperwork because the ex-volunteers didn't file it properly. Hmm. So all the flames getting um, shut down in that direction. Hmm. Sorry, guys, can I just interrupt? Because I've got quite a friendly pit bull on the line, actually. How are you doing, love? <laughs> Hello? Jeff? <laughs> you knew <laughs> I met you. <laughs> I just got let out of my crate, so I figured I'd call in. <laughs> hey, Jeff, listen. <laughs> Jeff, I, I, I heard that your wife's only 21 years old. Is that true? Hmm. Uh, I'm not going to tell you a real age, man. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Can we do the Can we do the rest of the show on Diana's age? Oh, uh, John, I don't know if we have that long a time. No. Oh, 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 oh. Back in the crate. I'm back in the crate. Hey Sue, maybe I'm sure Jeff can. I've been getting a lot of uh, of PMs. What exactly is Mike Fitzpatrick's title? He's the health officer. Not the one you Not the one you give him. The real one. No, the real one. Yeah. The, the nice one. Uh, he's the okay. health officer. Health officer. Yeah. Okay. 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 Um, How's everybody doing? I'm sorry. We're doing uh, good. Sorry, can I just uh, carry on with that a little minute? Oh, yeah, to go To be on, a health officer, to be a health officer over there, what exactly, how long do you have to, um, you know, what what qualifications, et cetera, do you need? I have no idea. I'm not sure. Because I was actually talking to Joe earlier, and I said maybe I could go for it. <laughs> oh, well, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm just being a sp- total sarcastic cow tonight, so just ignore me. <laughs> hey, Sue, I had, to, I had to say something before Jeff gets started, because otherwise Diana will be upset. Um, Saturday, October 27th at 12 p.m. is the Bid Memphis Home Auction, and I'm sure Diana can post that onto the um, onto the SU link. So oh, of course, get, not problem. Wanted to get out there, otherwise I'll be in the doghouse. I'll be Nelvy next. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeff, um, any updates? Anything you want to add to our little rant here? Uh, no, I, I uh, actually was just listening on when I when, when I was on hold. Um, uh, I know you you mentioned the the kennel manager, shelter manager. Um, she is a dog trainer. I believe she's been training dogs a couple of years now. So I just wanted to make that correction. Um, right. Well, okay. The, what I wanted to ask you, Jeff, because on her resume it doesn't show shelter experience. You being a behaviorist, how does that impact your view of the dog in the shelter before and after you have that experience? As far as being a shelter manager? As far as just how you view the dog at the shelter. If you don't have any experience and you see a dog at a shelter and you kind of think about his behavior, how does shelter experience affect your view of the dog in the shelter? Well, if, if if you have shelter experience, you you get to see the transition of dogs, you know, 
in a variety of ways. You know, sometimes when they first come in, they settle down, you get a better idea of what they're like. You also see the the opposite transformation when they come in, they settle down, they're good for a while, and then if they're there for an extended period of time, you see the stresses of the shelter get to them. So you are you are right in the respect that, you know, whether you work and are employed as a shelter or just are a volunteer at a shelter for an extended period of time, you do get an opportunity to see the different phases and transitions that dogs go through. And, um, if, you're and never, if, if you've never been exposed to that before, it would be, I guess there would be, a, you know, a time period where you would need to, you know, understand the the, the ramifications of sh- shelter stress as it impacts dogs. Hmm. Hmm. And Jeff, you do it. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I went and looked at the civil service requirements for a shelter manager, and they're saying at least five years of experience in a shelter. Uh huh. So that that at least leads me to believe for you to be a manager, you should kind of have that experience so you can understand the intricacies of that behavior because it's a shelter environment, not a house. Yeah, I I, I would I would agree with you, but you would also need people experience too. Uh, you know, as from a management standpoint, managing people successfully, a, a proven track record of of managing people would probably be. I think more important than the animal aspect of it if you're managing a shelter, you know, um, just because, you know, one one thing people don't understand is that, yeah, we do rescue because of animals, but, you know, it's just as much a people business as it is an animal business. Yeah. And, I, and any management position, the person needs to have the capacity to manage people. Okay. So I, I, I would yeah, imagine it would be a little bit of both you would need. Hmm. Jeff? So yeah. you have six, you have six of those seven dogs placed already. Is that correct? I'm pretty sure we'll have all, we we can find a spot for all seven of them within you know a short period of time. And, and Mr. Fitzpatrick is aware of this, correct? He knows, right? I have no idea. I announced it at the, to the mayor and council last night. I, I do know that a member of the board of health was in the audience, so hmm. I'm sure they're aware of it. Oh, and Sue, before I forget, you were promised a picture by Mr. Fitzpatrick. Um, as far as I know, I'm sure Debs will confirm this in the chat room, um, but we haven't received anything. Okay. So I will be on the phone tomorrow. Okay. Uh, so yet, yet another lie. Hmm. Unbelievable. Um, I'm sorry, I'm just reading in the I, chat. Please bow our heads and... <laughs> Jeff, is there another Board of Health meeting on Thursday? Is that correct? The Board of Health meeting is this Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Generally, it's in the mayor's conference room, but they I, I looked a little while ago. I didn't see the location officially announced yet. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, as far as I know, it would be in the same place, and this would be the last Board of Health meeting before uh, the November 9th trial date. So it would be a good opportunity for... Anyone, uh, you know, their last uh, last attempt to express themselves vocally to the Board of Health uh, would be this Thursday at 6.30 p.m. We are also uh, requesting, you know, because I, I know that um, the, uh, the the shelter representatives have, have repeatedly mentioned that, you know, the shelter needs support, and, you know, we certainly want to, uh, you know, we we're sensitive to that, so we're asking anyone who comes to the Board of Health meeting to maybe bring a bag of food or cat litter or cat food, uh, something that we can offer to the shelter just to help them out. We certainly don't want the animals to get in the middle of this. 
So we are, requesting, we are requesting people bring stuff down there. And, you know, regardless of how you feel about that and if you think that it's not the right thing for us to do, we feel it is. Um, and if you could just put your feelings aside and think about the animals and bring some donations. Yeah. I mean, of course it's the right thing to do. Anyone that doesn't see that, I would have a big, big, big disagreement with them. I mean, it has, one thing has nothing to do with the other. Right, we just we want to make sure that you know the and you know maybe maybe they're getting enough donations, but I know that they did mention publicly that the shelter needs support, and we certainly want to continue to support those animals. Yeah, and especially with the you know with the winter months coming, I'm sure they need the blankets and stuff for those little guys. So, right. Well, this this is the thing, Mike Fitzpatrick did say, didn't he? That the fact that you know there's a lot of sharing over the the Memphis story, but not enough sharing over the dogs. And I said. Well, at the end of the day, if you send me the links to the dogs and the pictures and stuff, I'll share them. Well, he couldn't even send the picture of Memphis, and he didn't send any pictures of the dogs either. So how does he expect me to help? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess you mean you, know, you could bring the horse to water, but you can't make him drink it. Um, well, that's something like it there, fair. Mildly. <laughs> Sue, I might be able to help you out with that because I know a couple of them are up on Pet Finder. I'm sure we could send you the Pet Finder links. Okay, that would be brilliant. Yeah. Because the thing is, he's, this, the thing is, though, I think he must think he's the only shelter because I'm not being funny. Just on the Ask Sue show, the amount of dogs that goes across our group every single day, and you'll say the same, John, as far as the Patrick Miracle page, we see dogs every single day, and it's not just from his centre. We're sharing them all over, from all over the world. Correct. Absolutely, and, you know, me being involved with the Patrick Miracle, I've got every reason to deny any help that I possibly can to the Associated Humane Society in uh, Newark, and yet we still feature their animals. We still feature the pleas of their popcorn park shelter. You know, it, again, you know, like Jeff was saying with the dogs at the Bloomfield shelter, you're in it for the animals. It doesn't matter that you don't like who's running the place. You still do the donation. Exactly. You do, you're still, and you're still a doc because it's the animal that matters. I, I, I agree exactly. with all of you, especially if you don't agree with it, how it's being run. Why would you want them to sit there? You would want to adopt them out as soon as you can. Exactly. exactly. That makes total sense. And Absolutely. Sue, I just wanted, to, just wanted to say a special shout-out to Debs because she worked very hard to get Mike on the show, correct? She did. Uh, to be fair, I just said to her, we need to get some different people on. We need to get the other side of this. And to be fair, she, you only have to say it once to Debs, and it, it happens a few times. Now she promised <laughs> she me. Gets she, onto it. she promised me she was going to call. She promised me she was going to call in and say hello to us. So I hope she's hearing me and she calls in to say hello because she really deserves a lot of credit for what she did. She a lot of you know Debs. One thing about Debs, she's as Sue will tell you, she's behind the scenes and she really has done an amazing job for the uh, Sue show, if I say so myself. She she, has, she is literally one that you don't see very much of. She'll pop up, she shares the links and everything, but let me tell you now, she's another one like Nicole that's up till stupid o'clock in the morning, and she's literally doing stuff while we're all asleep. Or oh, you guys are awake and I'm asleep. <laughs> <laughs> She's just fantastic. So, um, so Debs, yes, if you want to call in, give us a call in. It would be lovely to talk to you. So, um, anyway, Jeff, is there anything – I always ask you this, don't I? But is there anything else that we can do to help you at the moment besides fetch all these other people that um, are on the other side of the coin, shall we say? We're, we are finding them, slowly but surely. But is there anything else that you could do with us doing? I uh <laughs> I, I wish I had some new and exciting, creative ways to help out. I, uh, you know, I, I, I unfortunately I don't, other than the normally, you know, 
sharing the story and, you know, continuing sending polite messages and, uh, you know, sharing the fact that, uh, you know, this Thursday is the last Board of Health meeting before tra- before the court hearing. Um, and uh, and sharing stories, you know, people sharing stories of similar situations that they've been through because you know people have been through this and, uh, you know, the, getting the word out that many dogs are often uh, labeled a certain way in the shelter and once they're out of it, they're they're different, you know. The the dogs that um, Mike was on about that's in the um, in Bloomfield. Do, what do you know about all of them? Have they got issues or, or uh, what yeah, they I, I, the issues? Dogs that I, the dogs I I looked at on Pet Finder. There were seven dogs there. Four of them had uh, restrictions on them: no cats, no dogs, no kids. Uh, four of the seven dogs had those restrictions, uh, and I guess that's what I found interesting was. I can't have one dog that has a couple of things he needs to work on, but he'll give me seven, four of which have issues. Hmm. Um, and, you know, someone, you know, asked me, well, how is that so? And I said, I don't know. You'd have to ask him. I'm not sure what his thinking is. Um, if I can handle seven of them, why not one? I think maybe he's thinking that it's the, it's the old, you know, cancel out thing. You've got three positive dogs and four negative ones, so technically you really only have one negative dog there. Yeah, the, I guess the, the thing, though, is, is that the whole kids issue and that I live near schools is that he's going to release, according to his challenge anyway, these aren't my words, that he's, I think his exact words were, I would love for Jeff to take them all. So yeah. I can have four dogs that can't be around children, even though I live near a school, but I yeah. can't have Memphis. And I want to just, if anybody didn't listen to the show um, last Saturday, please have a look. The links are on the Ask Sue show. And his words were, and this is where he didn't like me very much at all, was the fact that I said, okay, so you don't want Jeff to have Memphis because he's by a school and in a community. Is that right? And he said, yes. And I said, but you'd already let Jeff take him back to his house near that school and in that community before he'd even had training, but you won't let him go have him now, even though he started the training. Again, another contradiction, and where I itch my head saying, well, that doesn't quite work out right either. And, Sue, there was also a young lady who called in Saturday that her child is um, has autism, lives near a school, and has a pit bull. That's very interesting. Yep. And she also made a point to say that the that the that the pit bull is very very calming for the child. So that really is quite unbelievable. That's really uh, un- yep. so in other words she could have she could have a you know the, she could have her angel near the school but Jeff can't. Well what what is the difference? I'd like to have a logical explanation for that. Yeah, I'm actually two blocks away from one of the public elementary schools in town. The first dog that I got from the shelter was dog aggressive when I brought him home and being close to a school wasn't an issue. Yeah. Hmm. But it, but the thing is, if you ask the health department about that, their answer is going to be, well, that's because the volunteers let you adopt. Hmm. And I don't I don't think that's fair for the dog because he's come such a long way and he's such a good dog that 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 just hurts that they wouldn't give another dog the same chance. Yeah, I mean, I have a little dachshund rat terrier, and you know they've been known. I I, I know they bite. They have they bite a lot. So I guess I better not sell my house and move near a school. Because I, <laughs> I guess they'll come and get my Rosie. No, I'm sorry. I mean, you know, who? I think I read Chihuahuas, Dachshunds. They, you know, they bite more than these. So I guess don't let them near a school either. I mean, that's this is just the whole thing is so contradictory. It's just amazing to me. 
just unbelievable. Yeah. Can can I also just ask for plea on the Asu show? If anybody lives around Bloomfield who has recently rehomed a pit bull of any kind, um, and you're near a sh- near a show, I was about to say, near a school, and you would love to ring in the show because I would love to hear from you, please give us a call in, 347-327-9694, and especially if it came from Bloomfield Animal Shelter because I would love to hear about it. Because at the end of the day, I'm sure that they will have already done this already recently, don't you? Absolutely. Jeff, did you see the article you, in the NewJersey.com? Um, I'm not sure which one was that. Say party parties take parties take deal in Bloomfield pit bull case. Bloomfield dog trainer Jeff Colton back. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I saw that. Okay, okay. That's looked like it was in today's, and and they did say that that you guys called into a radio internet show. Right. Wonder whose who show that was. I I, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> but this is the thing. It's it's getting the word out. I mean, at the end of the day, there's people in the UK that keep reading the story, and it's just like mind-boggling to say the least. Well, especially when we've got hundreds of thousands of dogs that are in kennels, that are in rescue centres, that are on the streets, that are being ill-treated. And here's a guy that wants to rehome one, and it's like uh, who's got an issue, and he's still willing to take him on. And they're saying, "Oh, but no, sorry." What the hell? Um, <laughs> the world has just gone I, mad. I keep saying it over and over. One thing I'd like to ask Jeff, because I think he was also at, at Jim Crosby's eval. Maybe he could talk about it, since he is a behaviorist and he has worked with dogs a very long time. What he saw with the triggers in the video, and, and what what his analysis was as he was watching it. <laughs> uh, proud. <laughs> uh, because, you know, I mean, I, 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 I get the fact that he retaliated towards the other aggressive dogs. And, I mean, Joe, you, you know some of the dogs I work with, uh, you know, and the type of dogs that I work with sometimes. And, you know, I think I said this the other night, a piece of cheese does not disconnect them from engaging with other dogs. And Memphis is easily redirected. And uh, I, I would have liked to have seen Jim utilize that redirection with positive reward with the uh, the people aspect of Jim Crosby's evaluation where he had the, the man in the raincoat agitate him and then the woman agitate Memphis as well. It would have been interesting to see... Memphis respond to training in the middle of that evaluation to show how easy, how easily he is redirected away from the stimuli. Um, that's one thing I would have liked to see. But overall, I mean, did he? I mean, Jim Crosby was sitting down in a chair handling Memphis. I, I mean, how? You know, <laughs> that takes a little bit of confidence in the dog's behavior. Yeah, and I'm sure Jim's confident in his own ability too. Uh, you know, but uh yeah, you know, I, I didn't see I saw the triggers, you know, if if that's what they call them, uh, you know, of a dog reacting to other aggressive dogs. They brought a dog in that wasn't aggressive and Memphis accepted his presence with no problem. <clears throat> you know. Jeff I had oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I had a question for you. When you evaluated Patrick was was he around other dogs, or was just you and him and just you and him in the room? Were there other dogs present? Um, I I actually I did not have Patrick around other dogs. Uh huh. 
um, this if someone requests that I that they want to see how a dog is around another dog, I will do it. But okay. I um, a dog dog test is not relevant for my purposes when it comes to pit bulls. No, I hear you. I hear you. But here's, um, yeah, here's but, a dog who's tied to a railing, nearly starved to death, and throw down a garbage chute. Yes, I mean some some people request it, and you know a lot of my evaluations are literally, for lack of a better word, custom. Yeah, yeah. Given given a situation, but uh, you know the purpose of evaluating Patrick was uh, you know really just for his his basic temperament overall. Yeah. Yeah, was um, he very was he very afraid when you first approached him? Um, I I I don't approach dogs. I allow them to approach me. Okay, I'm he sorry. Was, he I don't was know about appreh- this stuff. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I he was apprehensive. Uh, uh-huh. And, uh, in fact, when we did connect with him, and when I say connect, meaning engage in eye contact, mm-hmm. he actually did grumble at us. Really? Huh. Yeah. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, and that, that was easily uh, worked through. Was, I got down and started talking goofy, and he came right over. <laughs> By the way, where can people get that wonderful book you've written, One Hour with Patrick? It's oh, thank you. Well, it's a great book. It's a great holiday gift, and I know it's the only book written about him. And I know, you know, I know how much you care and stuff. So, oh, where can they get that. the book? What's that? Where Where can they get the book? Can they go to onehourwithpatrick.com? Yeah, they can go to onehourwithpatrick.com, and um, they could probably look it up on Amazon. Uh, and um, I think if you if you go to onehourwithpatrick.com, there's actually a link on the buy book the buy book link. And if you mm-hmm. click on the create space link, I think it gets to you quicker than Amazon. Okay, great. And Create Space is a subsidiary of Amazon. So I know last holiday you did the autograph thing, so maybe we'll talk about that. Is it appropriate? Yeah, I, I haven't. I mean, I, I haven't even talked about the book throughout this whole ordeal for a variety of reasons. I mean, I've just been preoccupied with. Memphis I know, and, I know, I know. I just think it's a great book, and you know. No, thank you. I appreciate it. Just wanted to share that. With you. Um, Jeff, in your, I, I'm going to go back to your training bar here. So, if with Memphis, you're saying that if you have the eye contact, he's got a problem with that. Is there a reason why that's caused with dogs? Is there something that fetches that out in them? Well, sure, yeah. And it's not eye contact. It's eye contact in conjunction with any kind of threatening demeanor. Uh, you know, when if you can, you can make eye contact with a dog in a friendly manner and they're receptive to it. You can make eye contact with a dog in a threatening manner. And you know, and then we're getting into energy and the exchange of energy between human and dog. Uh, you know, some people refer to it as dogs can sense fear, and uh, you know, dogs that are uneasy around um, people who are uneasy around them don't always know how to respond, and that's where you get vocalization or body postures from dogs because they don't they don't always know how to assess the situation if they're not exposed to it. You know. Consistently, you know, if, if, let's just say Memphis was under-socialized as a puppy, and he was he was never around situations that he was presented with, you know, in the shelter or in an evaluation. His first response is going to be defensive, just like any other dog. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some dogs, def- their defensive mechanisms is 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 to flee. You know, you have the you know fight or flight response. Um, you know, that's why if. if you know, Memphis being on leash versus off leash brings up a whole other conversation. And of course, if you really believe that the dog has issues, you can't obviously have him off leash when he's being confronted by somebody. But eye contact can be intimidating to a dog. 
Jeff, can I what ask you a question? It? Does that also have something to do with the, if if you're the dog's owner, could the dog read that and possibly become in a protective posture of his owner if he if he reads that kind of energy off somebody? Especially, yeah, especially if the owner is not taking control of the situation. You know, in, in the dog world, somebody has to. Mm. Okay. So. Mm. If, if you're not, the dog will, and if it's a confident dog, he certainly will. If it's a fearful dog, and the fearful dog needs to take control of a social situation, you're going to get erratic behavior, because the dog will lack the confidence to behave appropriately, generally speaking, of course. Right. The other thing, Jeff, I need to bring up as well, I, I'm just like flicking in my head through the show um, of last Saturday. Um, how long have you actually been training dogs from just tell people I haven't if there's anybody that's not heard of you yet obviously they missed the RSU show and they're going to get a kickback side but at the end of the day just tell people how much training and what exactly you've done for your life as far as the trainer as well I was first introduced to dog training about 1991 92ish um and I was introduced to dog training uh, in, in a very old school way of training, it was uh, a lot of compulsion, a lot of correction, uh, breaking the dog, that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, as as I was basically training as a hobby, everything was correction. And you know, throughout the mid '90s, I started learning more about positive reinforcement and uh, you know, and psychology overall, classical conditioning, operant conditioning, all that, all those fancy human words that dog trainers like to use when they're talking about dogs. And uh, you know, and, and I pretty much just was training friends and family dogs. You know, everybody said, "Oh, let you know, let Jeff help. He just has a way." And all this time, I was in, I was a computer technician. Um, so I, I would, I would do all. You know, training was my hobby basically. And then in the late '90s, I started, I started really gravitating towards wolves and you know just i was captivated by how they communicate and the correlation between you know canine body language throughout the canine species so a lot and that today a lot of what i do is all about body language uh, but as i learned more about wolves and started learning more about the benefits of positive reinforcement that led me to get certified uh and then i, I guess in 2000 is when i I guess I charged someone officially for the first time. <laughs> um, prior to that, I would uh, I, I would barter. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, and then, then and you know that led me on this positive crusade, and then I was 100% positive, and I that that's what led me to take a certification uh, through Certification Council for Pet Dog Trainers because it was 100% positive uh, dog training uh, certification, uh, and. The ironic thing about it is when I did when I did get certified and I got certified primarily, which is so it's just so ironic. I got certified back then because there were no state laws stating you had to be certified. So I said, well, let me get certified. <laughs> uh, we we all know uh, the whole certification thing now, which is uh, pretty funny in and of itself. But uh, halfway through the exam, it occurred to me that I don't necessarily believe all of this. You know, and, and I, I answered the questions. I got like an A plus on it. I, you know, I did very well on the test. And I guess I didn't, I didn't believe at all because I don't believe there is any one approach to every single dog and situation. And you know, I guess the the, the course of my training and 
you know, just studying and being exposed to so many dogs over the years, it really did occur to me that every dog in every situation is different, and I have to be as well-rounded as possible, you know. Um, and uh, so, you know, throughout the early 2000s, I pretty much was uh, a pretty open-minded trainer. And in 2005, I, I started uh, mentoring trainers through Animal Behavior College, and I still do that today. I, I enjoy working with people who are aspiring to be dog trainers. Uh, and, uh, and I think I said this on your show before, Sue, one of the best certifications I got that really helps me today and it has nothing to do with dogs, and I shouldn't say that. It has everything to do with dogs, but um, I, I got certified in level one and level two Reiki, which is energy healing, and most people practice it on humans. But I utilize Reiki a lot with my work with dogs, and it, it really helped me become more aware of, not to get too zen on you, but it, it helps me communicate with dogs better. Uh, Do you know what? I can understand that totally. Yeah, yeah totally. It's, it's funny because it's it's not a dog certification, but it helps me so much in every interaction I have with dogs. You know what's interesting, guys? You know, I'm sorry, sir. Go ahead. And uh, and no, then okay. two, I skipped over 2003 because back in 2003 I was certified as by the state as an animal control officer, although I never did it for a living. Hmm. <laughs> funny, isn't it? Do you find that you get a better how can I put this? Does Reiki help you in the sense of you're chilled out and relaxed and not just the dog? Absolutely, sure. Yeah, I mean, and it's, uh, it, it, I, I think balance is the key word. It's not necessarily relaxed because it, it's it's yeah. all about, you know, just being balanced. Uh, yeah. You know, and it's, Reiki, Reiki grounds me, if that makes any sense. It, it grounds me yeah. and, and, you know, keeps me right-sized. Uh, for instance, just this morning I did an evaluation for another rescue. They're having a dog returned to them. I actually I took a ride up to Bergen County and did an evaluation, and this dog bit someone last weekend. So, um, you know, I'm going up to – and now keep in mind, I just got nailed last week by a chow chow, so my hand is still recovering. So I said I better bring my A game. And, you know, I I, uh, I walked into the house and, uh, you know – and. I, I'm communicating with the people, you know, they're doing their silly, goofy things that we do with dogs and, you know, rewarding all the bad behaviors. And I'm like, you know, don't look at them, don't talk to them, don't touch them. They're like, who is this guy? He just walked in the door telling him, <laughs> he's telling us not to look yeah. at our dogs. Uh, and what happened was I walked into the house and my energy was too strong. And the dog was petrified of me. Hmm. And, and I didn't even do anything. I didn't look at him or anything. And he was just petrified. And that told me that I was too strong, and that's where Reiki comes in. It helps me get right-sized for the situation, you know, yeah. and I was, able, I was able to get myself out of that, that state of mind and was able to interact with the dog much better, and, uh, you know, so that's just a, a brief example of how it helps me. You know, Sue, I, Sue okay. guys, I, had to, I had to tell you something real quick. You know, between the event page and the event page, it's very interesting that people tell me they just don't understand because Jeff and Diana have, you know, so much qualifications not being sarcastic, you don't have any human kids in the house. So I, I, I think that's the biggest problem people are having grasping with you and Diana with all you know, with all the experience. You know, that's that's what that's why, you know, I get a lot of comments to that effect. They just don't understand. I mean, you couldn't have more qualified people and I'm not just saying that. And you know, I I, yeah. I can tell you this, Howard, is that and you know, Diana, you know, she doesn't have certifications. Yeah. Okay, and she has been 
working with dogs longer than I have, and I can and I know a lot of dog trainers, a lot. Yeah. And I'm not just saying this because she's my wife. Okay. No, I know. I know. Let me tell you, she is a better dog trainer than many dog trainers that I know. Yeah. Um. You know. You know like. Yeah. You know, it's just I'm, a good I'm, fit with you guys. That's what you know. Like I always said, Jeff, with the um, you know, as far as Patrick, you know, they. I remember in the beginning, and I remember specifically that um, Mrs. Cavelli said, or someone said, he could always have health issues because he went through so much. So I couldn't think of better people to be, you know, to adopt Patrick. You know, it's just a good fit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. you know, God forbid Patrick takes sick suddenly. They're going to know what to look for. They're going to know what to do. And, you know, having Memphis in the home, I mean, you guys are right there. And, it's you know, it's like right on the target. So I just, you know, just don't understand it. One thing I'm kind of hoping Jeff can, can talk about, too, because I think the major one of the major arguments that at least I see against this is they're, they're saying that Memphis is unpredictable with his behavior. And I'm wondering if Jeff can talk about what that actually means and then go back to Memphis, because I don't think Memphis is unpredictable. At least I didn't see that during the evaluation. I, I, I think if they're going to use these terms, they should be used properly, and I'm hoping that maybe Jeff can kind of define what it actually means. If you have I'll I'll stick to the criteria that Mr. Fitzpatrick used the other night that, you know, he brought up the whole, you know, going by hard data and he brought up the whole medical research and all that scientific stuff. So if we look at Memphis being deemed unpredictable, okay, let's look at the fact. And let's look at the data. And I'm not talking about anything I provided. I will use all of their information. I will use Pia Silvani's evaluations, plural, and I will use Jim Crosby's evaluation. Okay? All of the data at our disposal, and by their own admission, Memphis has triggers. Period. That suggests predictability. Period. End of story. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know actually, he's been referenced as being a, a, a ticking time bomb. Well, when is it going to go off? We're waiting. It's nine months now. When is it going off? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Can you talk about like if if that actually was the case, what would he be exhibiting? Like if there, if any dog is actually aggressive and unpredictable, what do you see? Like what lets you know that that is actually the case? Um, look at my hands Thursday night. <laughs> because I got bit <laughs> by one last week. <laughs> exactly. Your first clue sometimes is the blood. <laughs> you you got to remember, is it is very rare that dogs are unpredictable. And keep in mind, you're talking to someone who, you know, I I pick up, I, I, try, I read body language, I try to pick up on signals, okay? And it, it is rare that a dog does not communicate something prior to a reaction, whether that reaction is fight or flight, okay, whether it's posturing or growling or licking the lips or hackles, hackles bowing the head, the tail tucked, you name it. There, most of the time there's something that precedes an overreaction, and I, I say overreaction whether it's a, you know, a, a growl, a bark, or something. You've got to remember if a dog starts growling and lunging, it's been communicating prior to that. So if the dog's communicating prior to that and the 
the recipient is not responding, the dog has no choice but to continue to escalate its communication. Now, dogs can't yell and scream and raise their voice, so they lunge and bark and growl and bite. Yeah. Un- unpredictable dogs, you know, if they are truly unpredictable, they will just go. Meaning, you know, mm. they'll just go at the at, at the stimuli, and and there may be a subtle shift in body energy in, in energy and body language, but it happens so fast we deem them unpredictable. But a dog like Memphis has been by by three professional evaluations and two evaluators, he it has been proven that he has predictable triggers. Does that help? But, yeah. Yeah, and I, I kind of think yeah. that. But I wanted the other thing I wanted to ask you, and I, I hate asking all these questions, but uh, if a homeowner had a dog that happened to have triggers similar to Memphis, what's the training program that the homeowner would do? And let's say he's responsible. Let's say he's aware of the situation. He knows he has issues. He knows he has to correct them. You know, if if he's taking responsibility, you know, walking the dog, whatever he's doing, like how do you address those triggers, or how would you? Are you talking about in the house or out on a walk? Which one? Uh, to get the dog to become acclimated and to move him past the trigger so he has a more fulfilling life, what's what's that kind of training regimen like? Well, the, the first thing, like any behavior I deal with, I would try to solidify it in the house initially because you want to make sure that you have absolute reliability in your home with minimal distractions. It's also a controlled environment. So, Sue... Let me ask you a question to an- so you can answer Joe's question to me. Let's say you had a Rottweiler who didn't like people who wore hats. What would you do? Uh, well, being there, done that. With Michael, <laughs> we, didn't, we actually found out when a guy that was coming to the heating, and it literally triggered, and I thought, hold on a minute, what's going on here? And then I realized it's the, the hat. When we actually went to pick her up when she was a pup, there was a young guy that was sat in the back room who I heard say something like, oh, she's taken the effing pup, right? And I thought, and, and my senses as a psychic picked up and thought, I really just don't like you. You've just I picked it up, do you know what I mean? And do you know what? I literally, all we did is we just literally gave her treats and everything else. And so she then took a different link to that hat situation. And then that's that's one approach of, of creating a positive association with that yeah. trigger, Joe. Now, let's just say that was my household. Obviously, if people come over, hey, take your hat off, obvious, right? Now, that's managing the situation, not really addressing the behavior. So if I yeah. was working on a dog that had hat issues, for instance, the first person that would interact with that dog with a hat on would be, guess who? Mm-hmm. Would be me. And there would be a lot of a po- lot of positive association with the hat trigger. Now, if I had people come over my house wearing a raincoat and a goofy yellow rain hat and started yelling at my dog, I'd probably hit them. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd say kick their ass out of back out the house and say, get a piece of goat. I'm not coming to your house. I'm not yeah. coming here, the, the important thing, and, and I guess this is what was lost in my time with Memphis, is that I was very proactive in my approach with Memphis. There was a lot of positive association before he had the opportunity to react. So I really didn't get to see a lot of opportunities to modify his behavior. Um, so I guess the, 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 
the answer is, is it depends on what the behavior is, and it has to start in the home in a controlled environment where I can, you know, monitor the dog's behavior and transition from agitated to calmer and relaxed and accepting, accepting of the stimuli. And you don't have to wait for the trigger before you can start reinforcing positive behavior. I I try not to you got to remember though triggers to me is different than their definition of triggers. Okay? When when for instance in Jim Crosby's video, okay? When the woman, the little woman who was and she was supposed to be acting fearful, but if you watch that video, she was clearly agitating him. How do I know that? Because as soon as she was present, Memphis's whole body language changed. Okay? As soon as his body and his body language shifts, that's when I address the behavior. I don't wait for the behavior to escalate. Right. See, if, if if you're if you're modifying body language, you're getting inside the dog's head. It's going to be so much easier and so much more humane uh, and less stressful for the dog if you're not in a reactive state once he starts displaying behavior. So, Jeff, can I just can I just butt in? Do you know who that woman was? No. Well, I've just been told in the chat room that it was Karen Law. That's yeah, that's what they say. I I didn't see her face, so. Sue Hillary's calling in right now. Just to let but you know. um, so it, like, let's say that was if if I was if I was in Jim Crosby's chair and and I was holding Memphis and I saw that body shift and my purpose was to determine the trainability of a dog. I would have interrupted the dog's body language and redirected him onto a positive behavior. Yeah. Um, that's that's what I would do. But surely, it, let's just going back to the if if it was Karen Law, because at the end of the day, I don't know for a hundred percent. But if it was, surely that's wrong on Memphis. You can't do a judgment on him if he's already had interactions with her. Surely it's better to have somebody he doesn't know. Um, no, not necessarily. I actually um, I can agitate any dog. I can get a reaction out of dogs that, you know, obviously not my own dogs because they trust me, but if I just saw a friendly dog on the street and they knew me and let's say I was a, you know, it, dogs that come into my shop, I can I can agitate them and get a response. Right, okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. you can if if you know what you're doing and I'm not I'm not suggesting that anyone in that evaluation did. I'm saying that if if you knew how to agitate a dog, you can. Obviously, if the dog has an intimate relationship with you, you're not going to get that kind of reaction. And I don't believe Karen Laurie had intimate reactions with Memphis. In other words, I don't believe she walked him or cared for him. So um, if she met him on one or two occasions, I don't really think it would impact or skew that test. Jeff, let me ask right, okay. someone like my can someone like myself just tease it? Of course, someone like myself could tease a dog and get a reaction, right? Right, and all you okay. have to do is square up, step forward, and stare a dog in the face. Correct. And you potentially <laughs> agitate them. Correct. I did that to Rosie once. I didn't know when I first got her. I'm serious. I was staring at her just being funny, and she, oh, she got mad. She got really mad at me. So, yep. you, know, I, you know, I didn't know that, but, yeah, it's very interesting. Very interesting. Sue yeah. Hillary on hold? I think she's called. Uh, I'm just a look, and no, she's not here yet. Okay. Let me okay. just on the chat. Jeff, okay. with... Um, with uh, Miracle, when we had the problems with Miracle, I um, actually spoke to a lady who I know that she has, has had Rottweilers all of her life, and she's actually bred some like top show ones. And Miracle, because I'd spoiled her half to death, suddenly thought she was in charge of me. So it literally turned it the other way, when then I had to make her realize that she trusted me so much that it didn't mean she could take the piss out of me, quite literally. 
And I went and had a word with my mate, and I said, listen, I am really struggling because she's really just, just will not give in here. She just thinks she owns me. And I took her up there, and Jan said, what you need to do is you need to look into her eyes, and you need to wait for her to look away because she is actually controlling you. What are your thoughts on that, even though I will say it worked with Miracle, but what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, stare contests are common. Uh, you know, especially, you know, offering that as a suggestion to owners is, you know, some dogs will get into stare tests, you know, stare contests, rather, with their dogs and, and wait for the dog to look away. So, uh, you know, yeah, I, I could see that working. Right. Yep, it's just when you were saying about staring, I was thinking, gosh, perhaps I didn't do the right thing. But it did actually work with Miracle, to be fair, because she literally, the first time I did it with her, when I got back home, me and her were staring at each other for five minutes. And can I just say that Miracle did eventually back down, especially when I went, Miracle! And then she just like, whoops. <laughs> but that was five minutes of staring at each other out, and she was not going to back down. Yeah, I mean, no, in, 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 so, in social dog groups, I mean, you know, subordinate dogs will obviously look away from higher ranking members, you know, or older members, you know, elderly members. If it's a young pup or, you know, they, w they would certainly look away in deference. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but it's quite funny because I, I've got um, a, a Rotty and I've got two Labrador crosses that are brother and sister, and the female of the um, Labrador crosses was the first one here, if you like, and Miracle and her had this massive fight because Penny, who's not the Rotty, literally is top dog. And Miracle did try to push her luck. And I can honestly say I thought that Penny was going to rip her head off. Um, but they didn't injure each other. This was the funny part. And I was literally trying to get in between them, as every person suggests you don't do. Um, but, of course, you know, your just instinct just goes for it. And um, I've never seen anything like it. But Penny put Miracle in her place. <laughs> Which is yeah. crazy, because you'd ex they say about, you know, Rotty's a nasty, that these, you know, and it's, oh, it's a terrible breed, but it's actually the Labrador cross that put Rotty in its place. <laughs> so I think Hillary's Which is a bit mad. <laughs> so I think Hillary's on hold. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I, I just find it really interesting, you know, when people say about, you know, different ways that dogs react. I mean, Miracle when I took her into Ellesmere one day, because she doesn't, we don't take her to town loads of times because people are funny about them and everything, and we took them, and it's funny because I always make sure Miracle's on the lead, but then we go to, say, the Mia, and we take her for a walk around, and you've got people letting their dogs run off, and one woman who'd got um, a border collie said to me, oh, hello, and her dog's running around like a loony, and it come running up to us, and Miracle's protective of me on the lead, and I've got her on the lead, so I'm in control, so she's literally pulled right against me. And this woman goes and says to me, oh, is your dog um, nasty? And I went, I beg your pardon? And she went, oh, is your dog nasty? And I went, immaterial if my dog's nasty or not. Your dog's actually off the lead, and mine's on the lead. Get the point? Yeah. And I, honestly, it was another Ask Sue rant going for a dog walk. Oh, boy. Did you say to her, excuse me, I'm Ask Sue? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna get that on the fleece now, Howard. Definitely. <laughs> okay, so I think Hillary's ready. Right, I, I think we better get Hillary on before she has a oh, fit. No. I'm sure she's got a hundred things to say. That's right. Hi, Hillary. No. How are you doing? Hi, good. Hi, Hillary. I actually don't have a hi, hi, honey. I actually don't have a hundred things to say. I just <laughs> walked in the door, and I've only caught the last ten minutes, and I didn't want to interrupt Jeff because he's giving some as usual, really good information about dog behavior and Memphis. And I don't know um, what was said prior to me 
coming in the door, but I wanted to talk a little bit about the petition today that was against Memphis, but I actually wanted to be able to post it for everyone somewhere so they could look at it and know what I'm referring to. Um, Did Joe touch base on this at all? Yeah. We we haven't got to there yet, no. (laughs) Okay. Well, Well, I sent it to you guys last night. What? You do know it was already submitted to town council already. It went in September 20th. Like, it went from the the health officials. But I think it needs to be out there. It's just further evidence of what... The, the type of behavior is that's coming out of the health department and against Jeff and how personal it really is. And I think it would be good for people to see it, people that are supporting Memphis and Jeff and, you know, the shelter. They need to see this. These Everyone that's in this group, I'm sure they would want to see it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, I actually I completely agree with you, and I find it funny that they submitted it in a closed session so nobody knew about it. Mm. It's written so amateurishly, and it sounds like maybe an eighth grader wrote it. I mean, it's just typical. It's typical tone, and I I cannot believe that Karen Laurie would put her name behind this because she I I can assure you she didn't write this. I'm I'm pretty sure it came from the fundraising committee because they're the ones yeah. that were distrib- they're the ones that were distributing it, and this is the type of tone they take when they talk, and and it. Most of it doesn't even make sense. There's a lot of inaccurate information with it. There's a lot of talk of Memphis posing and people posing with him. No one was posing with him. Jeff was training him. The pictures were proof of his progress. And they they turned this around and twisted it into something so evil and horrible. I mean, what's the heading on the top of the keep our community safe? It's the heading of the, the petition. Hillary, let me ask you a question. Since you've also read it, because they keep saying they want to help Memphis, they have they want to help Memphis, and then you read that, and yeah, for exactly. me, I wonder how, how does this help Memphis? Yeah. Well, exactly, it doesn't, and this is just a personal vendetta, and it's shameful that it it that's the truth. It's a personal vendetta. Nothing that the volunteers want, and it, and nothing that certain people in that group want, and because Jeff had the you know. Uh, kahunas to speak up and stand up for himself when he was wronged by the health department that's they're not used to that type of behavior because they're bullies and they're used to intimidating people and they've gotten away with it for years Hmm. and certain people are not going to take it and one of the things i said at the very beginning of this you know somebody had mentioned rescue and and what have these people know nothing of rescue and if they don't have a clue now after the first board of health meeting when the rescue community was there and some of those people don't even know Jeff. They've never seen Memphis. They don't know, you know, it's their first kind of interaction with the shelter overall. Rescue people are a different breed. I mean, the goal is to get the dog saved. It doesn't yep. matter. You know, I have friends, two of my dogs, three of my dogs that are in my house right now came out of the Manhattan ACC, one's from the Brooklyn ACC, which is worse than Manhattan ACC. Those women and those men and those rescue groups, but they don't get along with the ACC, but they make themselves get along with them to get the dogs out. And yeah. it's just it's just almost in, it's inexcusable, the type of behavior that comes from fundraising and the health department. And my friends in Real Rescue can't believe how asinine this has turned. I mean, it's just so overwhelmingly asinine, the behavior that we've had to put up with and that, you know, of course, Jeff and Diana and the people that are being harassed now in Bloomfield, like you, Joe, kind of, 
you know, and the oh, woman yeah. that got parking tickets for parking in front of the same spot in her front of her house for the past 20 years, she gets two tickets last week or whenever that was. It's just ridiculous, and it's unprofessional yeah, more than really anything, really. and I, I just don't know how they're not embarrassed. Hillary, can I ask you a question since I don't uh-huh. there? Obviously, I mean they ha- they're not. I mean they have to know. They have to know this worldwide support. I mean they got to know at this point. Every. I mean, they don't care. Yeah, but Howard, they don't care. It's just they like don't Len- care. So it's just like Lennox. They don't care. They're that arrogant. It's not even that they're arrogant. They're ignorant. They're ignorant. They don't get it. If they really got it, I would like to see them start going into New York and pulling some dogs out of the hell holes there or go down to Liberty Humane and start helping out there. They've got this beautiful little shelter in Bloomfield that is nothing compared to some of the hell holes that are out there all over the country. They don't know how good they have it. It's not good now. It's not good now. They've wrecked our shelter. Let me ask you, they don't want to get it? Is that what it is? They don't want to get it? That it's, it that's is? possible. I mean, you know, ignorance is bliss. I mm-hmm. don't know. Mm-hmm. I, you know, not in their heads, thank God. No, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> no, I know. I know. Mm-hmm. Hillary, another another thing that I want to ask you, I mean, if, if you have a paid public official, in this case they're in the health department, there's a certain code of ethics I expect out of them, especially if they're informing me, the public, about information. I expect it to be truthful, and I expect it to be supported by paperwork. And you shouldn't expect, expect anything less. Well, that's but, you know, people are going to have to, yeah, well, people are going to have to band together. And, you know, there's power in numbers. Obviously, you've seen what's, you know, the progress that's been made with Memphis. I mean, there's been some mistakes made, but, you know, it, that's human nature. And, you know, but in the overall scheme of things, the atrocity that is the health department and the fundraising committee and the behavior that is tolerated by the health department of the fundraising committee, it's almost one and the same it's just, you know, every time I hear Karen Laurie speak lately, and Mike Fitzpatrick, these things he's saying, when did Memphis tell him where he came from? <laughs> the last time I checked, dogs couldn't talk. I mean, <laughs> dogs can't talk, am I correct? So what is he like a self-proclaimed psychic all of a sudden? There's no way in hell anyone can ever say for sure where any of these strays came from. Correct. And I that assumption that he lesson. made, he talks like he knows that, like he's the soothsayer, he's getting that information from other people. And from what I understand, that statement, and I mean I can't quote this because I'm not exactly sure, but it came from several people, came from one of the ACOs that's still there. This person is in his first ACO job. He doesn't have any more experience than any of the rest of them. So, well, Hillary, you know, that, that begs the question. Another thing to ask is they currently have four dogs that are, that are flagged right now. You know, well, that's what I brought. To, yeah, well, I sent that, an email out about that last week with a screenshot of that page, and I sent it to a few people in authority as well because it just goes to further show Kathleen Georgevich's lack of knowledge and, ex- and expertise in judging dog behavior. And those dogs can basically live or die based on their behavior and the ability of the person in charge to read it correctly. Well, exactly, and that's why something has to be done because this is going to continue to happen. And from what I understand from one of the volunteers that just recently resigned who knows one of the dogs that now has restrictions on him, Charlie, I think it is, he didn't have those restrictions on him when she was still volunteering, and that was just recently. But this is a, this is a result of what, what, they're, what the dogs are tolerating. They're not, be, they're not able to tolerate it. You cannot... Keep these dogs locked up. They're not meeting new people. I don't care how much fundraising and the health department proclaims that the dogs are fine. The dogs are not 
fine, and it doesn't take a genius to know that. There are no volunteers. Whether they want the old volunteers back or not, somebody has to be down there socializing these dogs and getting them out. They're cooped up. I mean, I see what it does to my dogs if they don't get walked enough. You know, a lot of the people on the fundraising committee are cat people. I think there's one dog walker, and I don't know how much dog uh, really training experience she has. I don't. She might have just, as far as I know, been a dog walker. So even though Open Paw came in there Saturday, what good is that doing with a cat-based volunteer group? I mean, the cats need socializing too. Don't get me wrong, but there, where are the dog handlers in all this? Anyway, that begs another question I want to ask you. I mean, if we're really looking to benefit from animals, because this has clearly gotten bigger than Memphis, if that's the goal, if, if this is, we'll, we'll put this as a hypothetical for now, if the shelter's not being run properly, whoever's fault it is, doesn't matter. If that's the case, how do we get it out of its current It does matter now. It does matter well, right now because those people need to be removed from the positions because that's why we're in this predicament. Well, then how if do we that person it? What, what had any... Need? What do we need? You live in Bloomfield. I mean, I'll do whatever I can to help, but we need people with firsthand experience. We need people with the documented evidence. Everyone's going to have to come together to get this done. It can't be me and you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's been people, there's people there that have been involved with that shelter for, you know, over a decade. Wow. Wow. And they were there when it was privately run, and it was a nightmare. So it's it's gone through a lot of changes over the years, but it's like two steps forward, one step back. And in and, and, and my experience, this is the worst it's ever been, regardless of personalities, because the dogs are not getting what they need. I know that there was a lot of problems with the manager before Andrea, who was there for, I think, 16 months. There was a horrendous amount of bad stuff going on, but the dogs were still getting walked. The volunteers were still there. So... To me, this is the worst it's been since I've been involved. Because the animals are basically just sitting there rotting. You cannot hang food outside their kennels and not expect them to bite somebody that sticks a pan through a gate when they're not being fed properly. That causes stress, too. Everything that's going on right down, th- down there right now is detrimental to these dogs' welfare. And when I told my Fitzpatrick at the very beginning of Kathleen's hire, right, and I was, this was an in-person conversation, that I did not think she was the right person for the job, he said to me, well, if she leaves, we'll just keep hiring till one sticks. Now, mm. what, kind of, uh, what kind of mindset is that? It's, it's an I don't really give a crap who's there as long as somebody stays. That's what that said to me. Yeah. You know, they let these managers come and go, and they don't have any set processes in place. There's nothing to follow. It's almost like everybody goes in and does whatever they want, and there's no discussion, and it doesn't make sense. It's not the way to run a business because, in a sense, the shelter is a business. There's no processes in place. When you get a new employee, you usually sit them down go over the processes. You know, and then if somebody comes in and obviously a manager might want to change something along the lines, which is fine, you have a discussion with your superiors about it. You determine is this a good move for the place or not. And then, you you know, you go from there. But that's not what they do. Everyone that has come in there since I've been involved, the three managers, have run it the way they wanted to, which is completely different than the one before. And everything Andrea put in place, which was actually good for the dogs, Kathleen got rid of, and she told me before Andrea even left that she was going to get rid of most of what Andrea had set in place. 
Now, Andrea was a pit bull lover. Regardless of what anybody's experience was with her on a personal level, those dogs were happy when she was there. They were quiet. They were calm. They were getting their exercise. They were being trained. That lasted three months. Then you get somebody that comes in with no shelter experience and gets rid of everything the previous person who has experience did. And the, the health department did nothing about it. They right, really well, here, don't care. The, they, they're, they're, they're just, they're not hands-on until there's a problem. Yeah. Here's yeah. what I think, from everything I hear, what I personally think the push needs to be is, A, the shelter should be independent. It should no longer be under the health department or the board. It should be its own agency. You need a mm-hmm. qualified shelter manager with experience that knows what they're doing to run it. You need the two ACOs there, and you need a lot of volunteers to help. Right, that, you definitely need seems like that's a good engine to run, and if it be, if the if the right people are there, it should be able to run itself. Yeah, why? You know, it starts with the health department hiring a qualified person if they're still going to have control up to this point. I mean, look at Montclair Shelter; that's run fabulously. Well, the volunteers are happy there. The animals are well taken care of. They have a good qualified manager there. And that's yeah. right next door. That's right next door. Why can't this ever happen in Bloomfield? It's because of what the health department has done, all this bad decision-making. Okay, Jeff, do you have any comments to make? Not really. Okay. No, uh, Hillary's doing a fabulous job. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I'm just, you know, it's just the way it is. I don't know what else I can say. It, it, to me, it's common sense. It's just common sense. Right, do what, you what think, do we need, Hillary, what do we need to do to get um, it done? Because, I mean, talking about it, is, it's good to get it out there. But what, well, what, this is the second we conversation we've had publicly. So, you know, <laughs> we, you, you know, people have to step up and, and organize. And, um, you know, we're going to have to talk about it more. And now, is this something that will have the most effect if it goes to the town council and say, hey, this is what we want to do? Because some, one of the councilmen already mentioned moving the shelter out from the Board of Health and instead put it under the town council. Like it would be it would be set up almost like a separate board in town would be, where there would be a monthly report to the council and the mm-hmm. shelter would be its own running entity. Well, that would be wonderful if the right person. Um, Hillary, is the, is the closest shelter in Newark? No, I think I think Montclair is closer actually, but they can't take the Bloomfield dogs. It's too no. much. No, no, no. They're not no, as big just... as Newark. Yeah, Newark but... is Newark is huge and it is close, but it's uh-huh. it's in the process of improving itself. Also, yeah. it was a hellhole for a really long time, and mm-hmm. it's just now starting to, you know, make some make some changes. You know, I mean, closing the shelter would be the worst case scenario, but. You know, if I mean, if the dogs had somewhere good to go, and I don't want to speak for everybody, I'm only speaking for myself. I don't think that the personal stuff that goes on is worth this. It's just not. The harassment, the threats, and the people always whining about getting threatened are the ones doing the threatening. Well, it's funny. They're the ones, you know. I know that one of the volunteers that went to the Open Paw program went to say thank you, and they turned around and threatened her and told her to leave. She was threatened physically. She was threatened physically. Yeah, and if that's the kind of thing you do, how do you expect people to come in and volunteer if that's that's your Well, right, and, you know, I I don't have an answer. I really don't. Hmm. The health department Hmm. needs to get their hands off the shelter. 
And um, hopefully the council will step up because someone has to step up. Someone in authority has got to step up and put an end to this. Well, Sue, maybe you can help us just by getting this out there. And the more people that hear about it, the more organized maybe we could get and actually start moving this into a positive direction, just like training. Can, if the, if the shelter is strong, that, it needs training. Yeah, Sue, what do you want to say? Sorry, can I just say that at the end of the day, I know there's loads of different things that you want to bring, Hillary, obviously on a different show that we obviously we've already spoke about. We won't speak about it tonight. We'll hold that one. But I just think, yes, we need to obviously still keep up the fight with Memphis, but I still believe that this is a bigger situation and that we've got to literally take on board all of it. Yeah, I, I agree mm-hmm. with you. And, and because, I still because think of the problems... Yeah, because of the problems there, this is why this is happening with Memphis. Yeah, so that was my point in bringing it up on Saturday, because it, that's yeah. where it starts. Yeah, this, this I think we just need to literally almost need to start a group up where we literally tell everybody everything, and everything that we've got, documentation and everything, we need to put all on one group, and anybody who's got a documentation of any sort goes on there. And if people want to share it with me and they want to do it um, discreetly and they, well, they want to do it so nobody knows anything about it, it's all confidential, they can send it to my Ask Sue Show email and I will just literally copy it and put it on. Well, Sue, so we could set up a page too. We could set up a page. You want to do that? I know yeah. that they've been sharing things on the, on some of the other pages. So, you know, but one one group solely focused on this might not be a bad idea. The other thing is, too, I mean, I have talked to a few people who are open to speaking. You know, there was a gag order on all the employees and the active volunteers while they were associated. Yeah. Wow. So there are some people now that no longer have a gag order and want to to talk. And, you know, I mean, like we talked, it's a little difficult because of the time, the timing during the day. But, um, you know, at some point, people have got to speak up. Sue, I think because we should send you to Bloomfield to do one of your rants. <laughs> we would I think welcome I can, it. We'll set up a soapbox oh. in town. A town yeah. Hall. yeah, we'll have the two rants in Bloomfield. I think we need to set up a satellite chat meeting because I feel like I need to speak. <laughs> can you sort it, Jeff, please? <laughs> well, Sue, if you want to write into the municipal clerk and have your letter written read during a council meeting, you can do that. Well, actually, I would love, right, this is my thought, I would actually love to send um, not just one letter, but I'd like everybody to write a letter and tell them they heard about this on the Ask Sue show, and where myself and Jeff will send the links of the show to them as well, and we can literally all send them letters. So even the people that are in the UK or in America, Australia, or wherever they are, they could all send a letter, even if they email it and Jeff prints it off. Mm-hmm. Right. We have to make sure everyone has a full understanding of, like, what the problems are so that they mm-hmm. can send a focused, you know, they don't, I wouldn't want to put anybody in a position where they're just supporting us and they don't really know why. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, Hillary, you're not the first person that I've heard these exact same things from I've heard from a lot of people and Mm -hmm. the funny thing for me is I'm hearing the same argument from a large group of people on one side of the equation and I'm hearing the complete 180 from a select group of people that happens to be in charge of the shelter now 
And, you know, if it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. If I have this massive information over here that's telling me one thing and this small group that's telling me something else, common sense tells me something has to be wrong. No, no, and I don't think that – no, and I'm not saying I don't think people believe us. But, you know, I would like to have some kind of forum where we can kind of just do a bullet list of some of the, some of the, what's been going on so people can have, like, I mean, maybe, maybe no one's confused. Maybe I, maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm just assuming people might be. But, you know, a lot of times because people are animal lovers and I would, I'm sure we could definitely use the support, but we want to make sure it's done correctly and that people have the information I don't mean to interrupt. I have to go. I have uh, I have a, an appointment I have to be on. Okay. Um, well, we've all got to go as well because we're near enough out yeah. of time, and I can't believe it. Three minutes to go, guys. Can I just yeah. say one quick thing, Sue? Yes, of course, Sam. Uh, Thursday night at 6.30 is the next Board of Health meeting. It's the last Board of Health meeting before court. We are... Um, you know, expecting to have uh, everyone peacefully organized at 5.30 p.m. And, again, bring donations for the shelter animals, whether it's cat and dog food, treats, litter, blankets, etc. All right? Take care, Jeff. Thanks, all. Thanks, Take Jeff. care. Bye. bye. Okay, bye. Cheers. Yeah, bye. we'll have a side conversation about it. I just want to make sure people are right. – I just want to give them what they need. That's what I'm saying. Right, I've just got to literally give 60 seconds to poor John, who asked me at the beginning of the show if he could just mention a few things, and I've not had a chance. So, John, you've got the rest of the show, my darling. Hillary, thank you very much for calling in. Thanks. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks, Hillary. No problem. Okay, no problem. Okay, bye. Cheers, Hillary. Thank you. Bye-bye. Go on, John. Go away, love. Already. I I did only have one thing. Okay. And that is, that is that many might have noticed lately that uh, Cody, my co-admin on the Patrick Miracle, hasn't been on the page much, uh, mainly for the past week, week and a half. Uh, she's been dealing with emotional fallout from a recent health scare and so hasn't been online much at all. Um, her, I'll have her explain it in her own words, which are, quote, so I haven't been online lately due to my 30-day ban, but also I have been dealing with an inner struggle and wa- wanted to wait till I got my results back but today I found out that I will have to get a biopsy done on my thyroid for cancer, hmm. and I am stressed to the max. And right now I literally felt like poop, I'll replace that word, the last few weeks and thought I was in a severe depression, but it turns out it is my thyroid, end of quote. And I just wanted to ask that all of you send your best wishes, prayers, what have you, oh, yeah. for the Definitely results possible on her coming test results. Oh, well, you know, at the end of the day, I want to send all of our love and our healing to her and um, massive hugs for from everybody at the Ask Sue Show. And I know um, if anybody's not joined the Patrick Miracle page yet, I can't believe that um, Howard hasn't mentioned it so much tonight. So the Patrick Miracle page, everybody needs to join up, and please go and send your thoughts to them as well. Absolutely. So, John, sorry for leaving it so late in the show, my darling. That's all right. I love getting the last word. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Joe, John, thank you very much for calling into the show. I really appreciate that. Take care, guys. Okay, you look after yourselves. Thanks. All right. Good night, everyone. Um, Good night, everybody. Howard, thank you very much, darling. Thank you, my friend. We'll do a follow-up. So time just went so quick again. So it did. Um, I think what we're going to do is I may talk about doing a weekend show again. We'll do a special. What do you think? Uh, yeah, Saturday, um, I'm going into work, so I'll, I'll figure something out, but yeah, yeah, we can definitely do a yep. weekend show. 
Okay. We'll juggle something. <laughs> we'll figure something out. All right, out. then, Don, you look after yourself anyway. Okay, take care, Sue. All right, be good. Bye-bye, honey. Thanks. Bye-bye. I would like to thank everybody who has rung into the show tonight. Thank you very much. Um, I apologize to area code 973 who has tried to ring in tonight. I'm sorry I missed your call. Um, also, I'd like to thank everybody that's been listening in the chat rooms. Thanks to Debs, to Nicole, and thanks to Sally for the Ask Sue Hall of Fame tonight. Uh, sending love to all of you. Please join the Ask Sue Show group. And most importantly, add your friends. We need to make the show even bigger. Thanks very much to everybody who's joined the show, and I shall speak to you soon. Thank you very much. Good night.